From interviews and investing to careers and credit, we've got you covered. Wallet Watch is a podcast brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. We'll be interviewing industry experts, sharing personal stories, and even playing some fun games, delivering financial topics in an enjoyable and interesting way. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica. And I'm Amanda. We're so glad you're here. Welcome back to the Wallet Watch podcast. My name is Amanda. I am one of your hosts, also a financial educator, and I have Jessica with me returning to host the podcast as well. Hey, Jess. Hey, Amanda. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to be back as a host on my second season to launch a season eight. And those of you who maybe have not met me or heard me yet, um, my name is Jessica. I'm also a financial educator. And uh, I'm just happy to be here. We are starting our eighth season, but before we give you more info about that, we want to give a special thank you to all of you who have been listening, especially in our past season, season seven, where we were focusing on intentional living, family, finance, and health. It has been one of our biggest seasons yet, so Definitely a special thank you for all of you who listened to our last season. Thank you all so much to those that listened, downloaded the podcast, shared it on your social media. We see you and we want to thank you. We are going to begin season eight. And this season, we want to focus on the theme of growth and purpose. And you should expect episodes every three weeks in this season, all those regular places where you find your podcasts. I'm really excited for the season of Growth and Purpose. I think it is just the next chapter of where we started in last season with the family finances and health. And I love our focus of Growth and Purpose because I feel like once you have your foundations of all the things we talked about last season, now we are in the time where we grow those, we find our purpose. And I can't give you too much information, but we have an awesome season ahead for all of you listeners. I'm also really excited about the interview that we have today, Amanda. Um, We have a couple guests in the studio with us today who are industry experts in financial education. They're also fellow financial educators. And We are going to be discussing some really amazing things today. What kind of sparked the idea for this episode is we are here in Michigan and recently there was new legislation passed to require a personal finance curriculum for all the high schools in the state of Michigan. So that sparked this idea of growing in your personal finances and being able to have that knowledge to set you up to meet the financial goals that you want to create. You know, Amanda, I am so proud of our state for signing this bill. We are now the 14th state that mandates a personal finance credit in order to graduate. And if you think out of the 50 states that we have that only 14 actually have that requirement, 
it shows the importance and the purpose of what we do on a day-to-day basis and the impact that we make. So I really hope that you guys enjoy our discussion today that we have and can relate and are ready to enjoy our season that is all about growth and purpose. Today, we are in the studio with two special guests, Courtney and Devante. Welcome. Hey, thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Super excited to be here and to talk a little bit about our subject today. Absolutely. And you're hearing Devante's voice. He is uh, no new person to the podcast. You've heard him on many seasons. He was one of our previous hosts. We're, We're happy to have you back today. Yeah, I get to be on the other side. No producing, no direction. I'm just here. Just here to interview. (laughs) We wanted to have both of you on this episode today because we know that you are financial educators and do a lot of financial literacy education out in the community. First, I wanted to get your experience or stories that you might be able to share about your experience teaching financial literacy to college students. So I've been working with college students teaching financial literacy for about three years now. That's primarily who I work with. I also really like to work with college prep programs where it's students eighth grade and up attending universities, getting ready for that next step of life and being able to learn some of that a little bit ahead of time as well. So I have been in the financial education arena for four years now. I guess we're moving to five. But when I first came in, I did a lot of adult education and then have transitioned probably in the last two and a half, three years to mostly college education. So doing partnerships with with Oakland University and then going to different high schools, also working with college prep programs, things like that, but also looking at like community college as well as trade schools and things like that, because I think that like with trade school, let's say, you know, you're only in that for a year and then you're to the money. So let's make sure we are teaching you and helping you on being able to handle that money. I'm glad that you brought up trade schools because I feel like people are starting to realize college isn't the only avenue. The trades are becoming really big again. And to have those touch points with those students is super important. What do you think are some of the topics that college students, students who are in the pre-college programs, students in trade school, what are the things that they're really wanting to dive into when it comes to financial topics? I would say that things that I see most often as it relates to financial education topics are probably like investing, budgeting, and credit, but also realizing, so I conducted a study like maybe like three and a half years ago with college students and what they're looking for in like their financial institution. And the reality is that they don't really know. So even thinking about like that piece of education, even though like they may not request it a lot, it still is important for them to know. So that way, when they do go off to college or things like that, or when they are getting ready to have those conversations with people, they know about like picking financial institutions and such. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think a lot of students automatically jump into investing because it's looked at as a hot topic. 
and Luca is kind of like a get rich quick. However, I feel like it's very important to start with those basics, even just focusing on how to have financial conversations and bring finance more into a everyday part of your life versus just when you're at those seminars and sessions and getting that information, but being able to actually utilize it, have conversations with your friends and family and figure out a little bit more about what works for people and what doesn't work. Sure. Do you guys see that a lot of the college students that you currently work with, like they're just getting their first account? I mean, because I know some people are already set up in high school and, you know, depending on their home life and how finances are talked about in the home. But I know a lot of times, especially like MSU and OU, kids are coming to college as an incoming freshman and this is their first account that they've ever had. I know for me, a lot of the students I work with have had a checking account and a savings account. Um, However, part of what really convinced me to want to go into financial education was when I worked in another department and we had students calling who were in college that had maxed out their credit cards saying, hey, can you refill this? And just recognizing the disconnect on that education and recognizing that students are already utilizing these things, having little to no understanding of what that impact is going to be on their future. So I would say checking and saving seems to be pretty common by the time they're coming to school, but some of that other education is lacking or those other services. Yeah, I would definitely concur with that. Just usually the the biggest thing is that they are banking with whatever financial institution their parents or their family may be with. And something to understand is You know, one, you can have multiple financial institutions, you know, and two, just because your parents bake there doesn't mean that it's necessarily the greatest place for you and has all of those different features or whatever it is that you may be looking for. So definitely have been seeing people come in with some sort of check-in and savings account, but not necessarily having that education piece, so... That kind of is a great segue into another topic that we wanted to discuss today. So I think part of that lack of that education is that we live in the state of Michigan and until recently there was no legislation that required personal finance or financial literacy in the high school level or even in the elementary middle school level. And just this year in June, Governor Whitmire signed a new legislation requiring it to be a half credit of personal finance in the high schools. And then this is gonna start with the ninth graders that will be coming in in 2024. How do you feel about this? Personally, I'm so excited. The success I've seen from students who have a teacher in middle school or high school, where they begin introducing these concepts, it's hard to take it all in at once. So I think if it's introduced at an earlier age and you kind of plant that seed, let it simmer, And then by the time some of these things actually arise, they think back to some of that knowledge and already have it there. I would also say the financial security that I've seen in college students who have had that knowledge is huge. Even, you know, an intern who has been working with Devante and I had that experience in high school, got super into investing through that because he was able to establish, you know, some of that financial base and knowledge. And at this point, you know, is teaching his friends how to do the same thing and setting them up for success and kind of being that motivator for them. And just kind of seeing that confidence that it can give students by the time they get to this level and are on their own. 
versus waiting until you're in a whole new world trying to navigate the financial side as well. Yeah, I'm extremely excited about it. I think it's important because I think that as a society, especially here in America, in a lot of ways we could be very reactive to the way that we respond to things instead of being proactive. And I think that this financial education piece is going to be very important. And one, it'll start the conversation and hopefully encourage students to know that the conversation doesn't stop there. You know, just yes. one semester or one year of a personal finance course isn't going to give you all of those tools that you need, but it'll start you out on that right journey. And, you know, kind of you'll have that that vision of, OK, I know, you know, kind of how to understand the basics of how to handle my finances. And that way you don't have students going off to college. Imagine being a first gen student, not having any financial education or anything like that. Going off to college, you've accepted these loans, you get a refund check back. No one's taught you how to handle any of those things. So what else are you expected to do other than to go through that money? And then you have people looking up and they don't have the, they don't have the things that they necessarily need because they weren't taught that we should take care of our needs before we look at our wants or we need to be mindful of how it is that we're budgeting and spending our money, spending with intention, all those different things that we teach. So I'm really excited that it's not going to be implemented into high schools. I agree with both of you. And when I heard that it came out, I was really excited because, you know, like the stories that you have shared, it seems like a lot of the financial education has been happening at home and it looks so different from family to family. Yes. And so it's really setting everyone up at different levels when they get to college, when they're officially an adult and can do a lot more financially than when they're just in high school. So I agree with both of you. I'm really excited to see what changes this makes in the high school level. So I was actually, I did a little uh, research on the need for financial education. And some studies that I found was a study done by Discovery Education in 2018 found that 50% of students wish they had learned personal finance in school. So these are like, you know, post high school students just wishing that they had that education because now they're getting out here because it, some, somehow in our mind, in our society, we believe that 18 people are capable of making all of their own decisions. So then I looked at another one done by Greenlight, which is a, like a financial resource uh, company. They found that uh, three out of four teens don't feel confident in their personal financial education. And those same three out of four teens would like to have some sort of financial education implemented in school. So the need is there, the attention is there, and I think that with COVID, it really started to ramp up and say, hey, we really need to pay attention to this financial education piece because this bill has been on the floor a very long time. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. You know, as a financial educator as well, I work with majority of teens. I mean, my biggest groups that I work with are elementary, up through middle school and through high school. And every time I present or talk to a group, it's like, wow, I wish I would have known that. Or like the adults in the room are like, wow, I wish I would have learned this. And I feel like even the four of us sitting in this room wish that we would have had a little bit of a different financial foundation. I know I made mistakes when I was young because I didn't learn. We didn't talk about money at home. You know, not a, I know it looks different for everybody. So I wanted to say I agree with all of you that I'm very excited about this bill. I think it's going to be a huge game changer. 
creating that foundation again in the high school level. So then when they do come to college or do come to trade school, like you said, when somebody goes to trade school, it's a year certificate and boom, here comes all the money. What do you do with it? You know, to be able to make those more uh, financially responsible decisions. I think it'll be interesting to see too, as this bill is implemented and rolled out, how you all will change your education for the college students based off of the prior knowledge. But I wanted to ask a fun question. So if you were able to create the high school curriculum for personal finance, what are some really important things that you would make sure are included that these students absolutely have to know and learn? Okay, that's a great question. Off the top of my head, a few things would really just be that understanding of money. I think a lot of people don't even understand why we have money, how we started with money, how to really look at money as a tool versus something that can be stressful in our lives. And I understand that it is one of the biggest stressors that we have, but how do we shift that mindset a little bit, especially before it can become that stressful so that there is that healthy relationship? I think budgeting, credit education is huge. Like Devante said, at 18, people are able to make these decisions, start taking out loans, opening credit cards. And without that base knowledge before you get to that point, that can be extremely scary. Investing, I do think there needs to be that base knowledge before that is introduced. But if you look at the benefits of opening a Roth IRA at 18 or earlier, it is huge. So having that before you get there can set future you up for such success. And then I know I already touched on a little bit, but really just that relationship that we have with money. I think that's one of those key pieces to really opening the door to find that motivation piece or what's stopping you from doing what you really want to be doing financially. I think that's all relevant content because mm -hmm. I think when you really put the emphasis on the relationship that people have with money and you think about when we were kids, looking at the adults in our life and their relationship with money, it all revolved around stress. And I think, you know, getting back to a point where we add this credit in, people learn how to start writing checks, people learn how to start learning about money, even counting money. I can't tell you how many times I go to the grocery store and there's younger people working as a cashier and they don't even really understand how to count change back. So it's really just those basics because yeah, do we need money to survive? Yes, but it also would be wonderful to live in a world where we all had an even playing field of an understanding of money and finances to break a lot of those old cycles, habits, relationships, stressors with money. As far as how I would envision a course, so one, I think it should have a few things to it. I don't think that it should be a class that can be opted out of, because I did see that within the bill. There is a piece that, you know, if you can, you know, careers can satisfy that. And I do remember different credits, of course, in high school, you've been able to satisfy other ways. But this in particular, everyone needs to take it. And if you live in a state or you're listening to us from out of state, please advocate for it in your state because we really need to create financially aware children. Social security is going away, you know, from what we were being told. Medicare, it may not be the same, so how can we prepare ourselves? 
In addition to that, I think that it should be something that is pliable. So what I mean by that is something that can be customized because everybody isn't gonna be at the same stage when you talk to them about money, you know? But as far as the curriculum goes, I think money and emotion should be addressed as well as things like goal setting and then breaking it down to a savings goal. And then also giving things that are like, like if there's homework to it, not it being something that just that student is required to go and research, but going having conversations with those that help take care of you and asking them those questions because we have to eliminate the taboo, you know, way or the taboo thoughts around money in order for us to be able to really grasp the relationship that we need to have with it. So I just, I don't want us to just put a Band-Aid on the, that lack of knowledge that's there, but actually, you know, if we start out on good footing, then I think that evolving the education piece and it becoming more important will be a little easier. I really like what you said, Devante, about not having it be like research or studying that the students have to do and then they have to actually go out and have that conversation because previously I used to be a teacher and I did teach elementary kids, but it, the saying is true that you learn so much from your students as a teacher and they can teach you things. So I think that that can even expand into families and what an impact even just the children learning in school, what information they can bring home and teach whoever they're living with in their households this information too. It's like what Jessica said when you're presenting to youth groups and there's adults in the room and they're gathering information from it as well. Taking this information home with students, it will give you know families or parents who maybe missed this opportunity a chance to get some of that knowledge. A hundred percent. I think you're absolutely correct. And Devante, I wanted to touch on, you know, Amanda and I had the opportunity in our last season to interview a guest who was a financial therapist. And one of the biggest things that she talked about was removing that taboo around money and having those money talks and, you know, suggesting that more families are vulnerable to start talking about money because I think as a society, it's one of those things that nobody ever talks about, nobody ever shares. And we're not saying, you know, go out and share, you make this much a year or you spend this much on your mortgage. It's just, if you were to be a little vulnerable, open up, start talking about some things, you would realize there are more people that are in the same boat as you. And then I think that opens up the door for opportunity, chances for education you know, chances to really get rid of some of those stigmas and make money more of a positive thing to talk about than just a negative or a stressor. Yeah, I definitely concur with that. I think that it definitely helps to, when we talked to earlier, we started to talk about it. It definitely helps to make it easier to talk about. I can remember my mom was a very honest person with me growing up as far as our financial situation. So we didn't grow up with a whole, I didn't grow up with a whole bunch had quite a, quite a little, but lots of love. But with that, it was literally sitting down at the table talking about, well, we have this amount of money, we have these amount of bills. You know, you write out a money order, I write out a money order so we can learn, so you can learn how to pay these bills. Literally, I have no problem talking about money with anybody. Let's talk about it. But that's because it was eliminated as being taboo early on in my development. So 
even now, like I'll talk about how much something costs or I quantify things a lot in my mind. And some people take it as, oh, he just, he he's saying this costs this because he got this money and this, this, this. But it's not. It's just the fact that it's not a taboo topic for me to talk about. So let's just talk about it. So I think that if we can talk about it earlier, absolutely. I remember being in a classroom. I think it was a third or a fourth grade classroom. And we were playing guess the price of items. And there were some students that were like, oh, only $40 for that. It's only $40. Who cares? Anybody should be able to buy that. And there was a student that rose their hand. And they were like, well, I help my mom with the bills every month. And we paid $40 to keep our lights on. So if it's $40 for the month for lights, you can't just spend $40 on this thing that's not important. And just giving that understanding of what that money actually means and equals and not just in an item, but the purpose of it a little bit more. I love that. And yeah. I I think what a valuable experience to have at such a young age where I feel like I lacked that 100% completely and had to learn it as a young adult. And unfortunately, it's one of those things where when you make mistakes financially, it can be a one-day tiny little mistake that you make that might end up impacting your life for years and years and years. For sure. At a young age, I made mistakes. I learned from them a lot. But now also being a mom and having a teenager, to be able to teach him about this stuff, for him to have this understanding. You know, at 14, we just got him his first checking account open. And he went from being that person that every single time he had money in his pocket, he had to buy something. He just had to. I mean, it's just, mom, I have to buy this new video game. And to where now he sees that money in his account, he sees the money in his savings and in his certificate. And he's like, well, no, I don't want to spend my money to buy that. And I'm like, oh, so you're starting to understand the value of it. Because I joke with him, I'm like, so are you going to take me out to lunch? And he's like, mom, that cost a lot of money. And I'm like, oh, but you didn't think about that when it was, hey, mom, can you take me out to lunch? You know, but just learning those those values makes me really proud as a parent because it's like, okay, I already broke a cycle of something that I didn't learn as a young person, but I'm able to do it with our son. Look at you. Go, Jazz. Courtney and Devante, we want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, You guys have been able to provide so much insight. I feel like we had some really great conversation today surrounding financial education and the importance of it. But I wanted to open the floor up uh, before we wrap up to see if you guys had any final thoughts you wanted to share with our listeners. Sure. So first, I want to say you all are doing an amazing job. I love to listen to the podcast as the person that keeps your stats. They are doing very well. Um, So with that, there's one episode that was played the most this past season, and that one has to do with creating financially prepared children. And I think that that speaks to the testament of how important this is, this this bill is going to be when it's, um, you know, mandated and all of that. And it's important for us to talk about money and to be honest about it. And it helps to give, if you are a parent, it helps to give those that you take care of an understanding of, you know, why this is this much, why we make these different decisions. Even if you may not have it all together, it's important to learn together. So with finances, learn as a family so that everybody can be more financially secure in in the decisions that they make. 
and it doesn't always elicit those stressful or negative emotions when we're thinking about it. So that's my final thought. I would say my final thought is just if you are an educator or a parent, um, you don't have to wait for this bill to come out to start having these conversations, asking some of these questions, thinking about how this will look and work for you. And if you're a student, start asking. And then if there's anything a financial educator can do for you, let us know. And now it's time for the CU Spotlight. At MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union, we are always looking for ways to educate individuals on the importance of smart money management. WalletWatch is one of the great ways that we are able to do that. But we also have additional resources that you are able to utilize for free. Financial 4.0 is a free app and website that offers users access to their own personalized budget tracker, financial quizzes, published articles, weekly tips, and so much more. It's a fun and interactive way to learn about money and take control of your finances. If you are interested in learning more, visit www.financial40.org or find us in your app store by searching Financial 4.0 for MSU or Financial 4.0 for OU. Wallet Twatch is written, hosted, and produced by Amanda Khan and me, Jessica Rubio. Our executive producers are Ariana Sildania, Lauren Kalarzik, and Susie Elkins. Wallet Watch is brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. You can find more episodes of this podcast at our credit union's website, financial40.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in our next episode.